Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo. This is something that actually has been going. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Four o'clock reset. Four o'clock reset time here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's get you caught up on everything going on in sports. The four o'clock reset is always put together by Eric Ruby and Mitch Vereldis. And we start, of course, with the Phoenix Suns. Dropped a deflating game one at home to the Clippers last night. And everybody, including ESPN's Brian Windhorst, was confused and impressed by the play of one Russell Westbrook. It's one of the more confounding performances I can ever remember watching in a playoff game. Three of 19, and yet in many ways he controlled that game, especially at the end with how he played. Defensively, his intensity. I mean, his, de- his defense, you know, everybody talks about the block on book, but his defense on Kevin Durant early was real good. Look, he's a physical player. And that game was very physical, one-sided for the Clippers. Uh, but Russ, Russell Westbrook, even though he shot terribly, he did hit the two big free throws at the end of the game, and he's not a good free throw shooter. No. And defensively, he impacted that game in several ways. We'll talk more about Westbrook coming up in the next segment of the show because clearly he was one of the stories of that Suns game one loss last night to the Clippers. One of the other big questions was starting Torrey Craig and the lack of minutes given to Josh Kogi. Monty Williams after the game. Torrey and Ish have done well against guys like that. Now, nobody can stop Kawhi, but at the same time, we feel like putting size on him gives you a chance, but they, they screen the size off of him. If you go back and hit him or blitz him, then you're in rotations. 38 points in 41 minutes for Kawhi Leonard last night. He added five assists, five rebounds. He was terrific in his first postseason game yeah. since the Western Conference semis of 2021. It had been a while. He played great. He's so calm, cool, collective oh. out there with the basketball and yeah, hit the two big three-pointers. Outdueled Kevin Durant, if you want to say, like two big stars. And Kawhi Leonard got the better of Kevin Durant in that game. Still baffled by Monty's decision to not go with the Koji after he played him all late games with Kevin Durant and go to Torrey Craig. I'm not saying it backfired, but it was kind of mind-boggling that, you know, if, it, if something that was working so well, they went away from it. KD had 27, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. Devin Booker had 26 points, 4 steals in last night's game. Game 2 is tomorrow at at seven, and Tory Craig told the media today after shoot around how the team is feeling. Pretty good. We watched some film, talked about some things we need to correct, change the game plan a little bit. Everybody feel comfortable and confident about it. All right, we'll see how they respond. Yeah. Being down they'll respond. They'll they respond. Yep. No panic here on the Burns yeah. and Gambo show. Just nope. a little disappointed. They lost. They'll come out tomorrow and play a great game. Rest of the NBA got bit by the injury bug real bad over the Crazy. weekend. Buckstar Giannis Antetokounmpo got an MRI on his injured back. He came back clean, according to Mike Budenholzer, and optimistic update one day after a lower back contusion forced the two-time MVP to leave Sunday's game before the end of the first half. Yeah, the injury bugs hit everybody. I mean, we found out yesterday Paul George is likely going to miss the entire first round. John Morant, you know, with the the injured right hand trying to break his fall. Tyler Hero fracturing his hand, diving for a loose ball. Uh, You know, Giannis, there's some reports that Giannis is going to come back and play in game two, but obviously that was a big one uh, with him because they ended up losing that game to the Miami. Miami Heat. Now, he's missed games before. He missed two games during the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021, and they won both by double digits. But they were not able to win this game because Drew Holiday struggled a little bit, so they weren't able to overcome a great game by Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, meanwhile, the Kings won their first playoff game in almost two decades on Saturday. They took down the defending champ Golden State Warriors. 126-123. to Game two is tonight in Sacramento. Will they light the beam again tonight, or will the Warriors Warriors find a way. Yeah, I'll tell you that they, they've got the they've got the three stars in De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Alex Len. I mean, it's, 
<laughs> it's what carried Sacramento to that victory. Uh-huh. Make fun of Alex Lenny. He had more offensive he rebounds than DeAndre Eaton. Do it at your he own did. peril. He did. That's your own peril. Then rounding out the West, the Nuggets just whooped up on the Timberwolves last night. 109-80. Jamal Murray, 24 points last night in his first playoff game since the bubble. Yeah, he, he, he was great. And they just clobbered them in that basketball game. And they didn't even get the best game out of Jokic. So they might make short work of the Timberwolves. I still think that Denver's a real good threat uh, in the West. I still like a lot of the things that they do. But that for them, Jamal Murray, yeah, playing like he did in the bubble when he was outstanding, that's a big lift for them. All right, rest of the East. The Sixers beat Mikel Bridges in his 30 points as the Nets lost game one. Game two is tonight. Uh, Jalen Brunson led the Knicks to a game one win on the road over the Cavs. He was special. He was really good. Knicks forward Josh Hart is doubtful with an ankle sprain for game two against the Cavs. That's big because Carter Hart had 17 points in that game. He hit a huge three-pointer down the stretch. He had 10 rebounds. He was really good in that game. Donovan Mitchell was outstanding. So for Cleveland to lose that game with Donovan Mitchell playing so well. But in the end, Brunson just one-on-one. I mean, that's all it was. Brunson at the end of that game, I was watching it. He was just going one-on-one against whoever Cleveland threw at him, and he was making baskets. Celtics, powered by Jalen Brown's 29, took down the Hawks on Saturday, 112-99. So again, two games tonight on tap. It's the Sixers and the Nets game two, and it's the Kings and the Warriors game two. This news just coming down from the NBA. Both um, Mitch and Eric let me know that Jaron Jackson Jr. just won NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Sham Sharania is reporting. Total not surprised. No, at all. He's this was what was expected. Great defensive player. Really great defensive player. But without John Moran, if he's not able to come back, I don't know, Memphis is already without two of their key players and Steven Adams and Clark. If they don't have John, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to win. The Diamondbacks took reigning NL Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara and the Marlins to town yesterday. Swing high, fly ball, deep center field. Chisholm back at the track, and he is out of room. Corbin Carroll, a two-run shot, his fourth of the year. That is Chris Caragiola with the call. Zach Gallen also pitched a butte last night. Six and two-thirds, two hits, no runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. Today he was named the National League Player of the Week for his last two starts. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, he's got that scoreless streak going again, and that's the type of pitcher. A little bit more concerned the first two starts. Remember those first two starts? He was a little off. He just couldn't figure out the rhythm with the pitch clock and everything. He's got it down now, and he's just he's, he's pitching great. Opener of a series today in St. Louis against the Cardinals, and it's Merrill Kelly on the bump as the Diamondbacks start that series in St. Louis. The Cardinals will start fellow right-handed pitcher Jack Flaherty in his 176 ERA. First pitch is at 445. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and on ESPN 6. Yep, former D-back Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals playing them. And the Diamondbacks have not had a lot of success against St. Louis since they came into the league. Matter of fact, I think St. Louis has the best winning percentage of anybody against the Diamondbacks in their existence. The Arizona Cardinals signed quarterback Jeff Driscoll to a one-year deal today and claimed safety Javante Moffitt off of waivers. That has not been the major story surrounding Arizona as of late. First, it was DeAndre Hopkins who, over the weekend, went to Twitter to dispute the notion that he wanted a pay cut. He since deleted the tweet, but he basically suggested DeAndre Hopkins, he went third person. DeAndre Hopkins does not want a pay cut, is not or is not asking for a pay, a pay raise, raise, I should say, not a pay a cut. A pay raise. Um, 
and then you can add safety Buda Baker, who appears to either want out from the Cardinals or who wants a big payday. This is something that actually has been going on for the last several months for new general manager Matty Asenfor to navigate and, and negotiate through and basically figure out. With two years left, Buda Baker wants an adjustment to his contract, wants to be either the highest paid or among the highest paid for the Cardinals. It was more of a situation where they're like, this is one of the heartbeats of our defense. This is a linchpin. He is a great player and a great human. We just don't want to trade him. It's a terrible look for the Arizona Cardinals in what has just been an absolute disaster of a year with so many things have gone wrong and not have your best player say he doesn't want to play for you anymore, the heart and soul of your team. Look, even if you realize that you're not going to win for the next couple of years, you still want to keep a guy, a couple of guys like that around to be leaders, to show guys how to prepare, how to play the right way. And that's Buda Baker. Like He'll, do, he'll run through a wall for, for a coach. So to, for him to not want to be here is a really, really bad sign for the Arizona it Cardinals. Is. There's been really no movement on that front. Over the weekend, just a lot of conversation about what the Cardinals could or should do about Buda Baker now that he's asked out. The big NFL story today, the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterback Jalen Hurts reached an agreement on a five-year, $255 million extension. That includes $179 million guaranteed. That five-year contract extension with the Eagles looks very similar to the offer that Lamar Jackson turned down in September. Total value is about the same. Guaranteed for injury it was about the same. Jalen Hurts did not turn it down. That's about 70% guaranteed. 70% of that contract. Everybody's looking, who's going to get the fully guaranteed deals? You keep getting closer and closer. You figure that out. $179 million out of two fifty-five. Like So only $75 million is not guaranteed. That's about 70, 71% of that money's guaranteed. The draft is a week and a half away. Alabama I got quarterback. What, what? What? I got a problem with the draft. So you know I'm doing this uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and everything mock draft? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Texans took Will Anderson. <laughs> what the hell do I do now? Um, Are you allowed to trade with another no, host? No, I can't trade. I can't trade. You can't trade? I'm like, yeah, I told those guys. Like, they, they, they should, whoever made that pick should be fired. They're like, oh, the first two picks are Young and Will Anderson. I go, that's stupid. Fire the Texans guy. I go, guess you won't take a quarterback. I can let Indy know. I go, no, I'm not taking a quarterback. Take Jalen Carter. Do I take Jalen Carter or I take uh, Tyree Wilson? Tyree Wilson. I was going to say Peter Skaronsky, but I don't think that sounds as sexy. (laughs) No, Christian Gonzalez too early there. It's either Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. I mean, I would trade, but since you can't, I can't trade. Let's take a consensus. Which out of you three guys, what should I do on this uh, this ESPN mock draft? I got to be a part of Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Let's go, Tyree. Less off the Tyree. I'll be the odd man out. Jalen Carter. Carter. Okay. Okay, two to one. So I'm going to take Tyree Wilson. Okay, there you go. I'm glad we. I'm glad we saw that. You know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. About this mock draft that you're doing, there's a lot of smoke out there that the Texans are going to take Will Anderson at number two. A lot of smoke that that they wanted one quarterback and one quarterback only, and that quarterback might be Bryce Young, and that Bryce Young knows he's going to Carolina number one. And so the Texans might pivot and do something else at number wow. two. There's a lot of speculation about that right now. So the Texans guy that you want fired, that Texans guy might be on to something. They might be on to something. They, they, he took Will Anderson. Yeah, we will... 
see. That's going to do it for us here on the 4 o'clock reset. But we're not done with the show. We've got a lot more to talk about, including a reminder for you to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour. It's your chance to qualify for Game 2 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tomorrow night. Again, text the word ticket to 620-620. He was one of many X-Factors that we discussed leading up to the Suns Clippers. Boy, was he an X-Factor last night. Boy, oh boy. Talk about an X, Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Ball gets it in. Here's Booker. Suns down three. On the break here in game one. Booker taking on Westbrook. And a block by Westbrook. And he throws it off of Booker. It is Clipper ball. What a play. Russell Westbrook. I know he is so maligned. He had, I mean, he missed 16 shots last night. He still had such a great game. What do you, last can, night. what can you compare that to? Like going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and making like a dot, a dot. I mean, he impacted the game yes. throughout it's, the game. It's like going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, but you made a diving catch on a ball down the line that saved the game. But that's one play. If he would have just had the one block at the end, the thing is, his defense was good throughout the game. So it wasn't just a block, right? He made the block on Book and then threw it off a Book when Book was yelling at the referee, of course. Um, But it was throughout the game he was making his impact defensively. But when you you really think about the game, and I agree, but when you really, really think about the game that he had, don't you think about Russell Westbrook in the last minute of that game? The offensive rebounds. The two free throws. The two free throws and the block, right? Like, I think of the Russell Westbrook effect yesterday, and I think of what happened in the last minute of that game. And, like, he, he, he was him. It was all okay. We talk about that game being lost in the final minute. They lost it because of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Because of what he, I even, I, like we talked about earlier in the show, I went back and rewatched like the fourth quarter on Bally Sports Arizona this morning when I woke up. And even K Ray, when he was describing the action, was like, okay, Westbrook, notoriously bad free throw shooter. Let's see. You know, you got to be like a 60 something percent. Yeah. He's not a great free throw shooter. Got to be ready to get the rebound in case he misses it here. Nope. No, no misses it. No problem at the all. The LA Times, the LA, and if I would have told you, I wanted to, if I would have told you before the game, Russell Westbrook's going to take 19 shots and only make three. I would have said up 1-0, baby. Suns are up 1-0. Up 1-0. There's That's no way exactly this. What I would have he's going to shoot 19 times and only make three shots. The Suns are going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Not the case. The LA Times had this headline. Russell Westbrook's phenomenal effort in crunch time lifts Clippers to a game one win. And it said he struggled mightily to make a shot, but he thwart, thwarted Phoenix's last shot. And he said he even more than made up for that with his, you know, with his defense on Westbrook, on Durant, and the play on Booker and just throughout the game. And then, you know, he's got a good coach in Ty- uh, Tyron Lue who told him, don't get frustrated by your shooting. Just, you know, keep trying to help the team any way you can. So um, he had a major impact in the games where the L.A. Times, they did a big story about how he was the hero of the game. Yeah, the, I read the same L.A. Times story, and the story that they told was that apparently the night before every game, he goes to wherever, whatever gym he can get into, and he's just by himself. And he's just by himself for like 45 minutes, and he's 
shooting and he's getting his mind in the right space and he's doing all this stuff. Apparently, the Clippers are using ASU's basketball facility to practice. So I guess on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, Westbrook, the car, drives him there and it's just him by himself. He goes into the gym and he shoots around for like 45 minutes just to get his head in the right space. I totally wouldn't have let him in. (laughs) Why is ASU letting him in? They've got an agreement with the Clippers, I guess. Why? Because they're, they're you're here in Fiara, Arizona. They're, they're they're being professionals, you know. They're, yeah, you could come in and like the doors are locked. You can't get in. <laughs> get them frustrated. Uh, well, you know what? You've got contacts over at ASU. See what you can see what you can make happen out. about that. Um, he was he was phenomenal, and I don't know if there is. You're right. He was phenomenal all game. So it wasn't just one play, but it was the last minute and how well he played in the last minute. Now, can he be that good defensively every single game? Can Kawhi Leonard drop 38 every single game? Is that where the kind of the holes are in the Clippers game and where you go, okay, that was one game. Can you repeat it? And can probably you do it doesn't shoot that again? poorly, right? You would just assume he doesn't shoot that poorly. That's that's incredibly bad. For 19. I mean, that's a 150 or 165 shooting percentage. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't think that he can shoot that poorly again. What I do know is that he knows Kevin Durant. So those plays with Durant, he knows where Durant likes to hold the ball before he shoots it. So he had two plays where he blocked one shot from behind, and then he kind of knocked the ball away when Durant was dribbling. Like, he knows him. They played together for a number of years. He knows what his tendencies are. That was an advantage for Russell Westbrook with his defense on Kevin Durant. He knows him. He knows his tendencies. He knows how he plays. And he got a couple of turnovers against him. He was asked about, he being Westbrook, was asked about the block of Booker late. Just awareness, man. And, um trying to make winning plays, uh, not giving up easy. I know they want to try to go quick, too, uh, but just not giving in and not giving up an easy two and um, being aware of the baseline. It's just um, a little bit of luck, but also just being aware of kind of what's going on. And then the clutch free throws. Um, yeah, I've been in the position before, um, regardless of what happened, the you know, 46 minutes beforehand, whatever, 47 minutes beforehand, uh, when the game on the line, I was trying to win games, take my time, man, knock them down. And we brought this up earlier on the rebounding that he had. He had five rebounds in the fourth quarter alone. Quote, humbly speaking, at this position, nobody's better rebounding than me. Right. Close quote. And it helps you be a great offensive rebounder because you shot three for 19. Because you're just not a good shooter. No, it's the truth. It Nobody the truth. guards Russell Westbrook. You want him to shoot the ball. So you don't guard him. You double, you trap, you def- you give help to somebody else. That allows him the ability to crash the boards without anybody picking him up. Nobody's putting a body on him. Nobody's even aware of where he is. There was a time, one of those, if you go look at the tape, one of those offensive Offensive rebounds. Book was the guy that was guarding him, but he really wasn't guarding him. He was he was helping out the defense on Kawhi Leonard. And so when when the shot went up, Book goes to look for for uh, Russell Westbrook. He looks to his right. He can't see him. He looks to his left. He goes, I don't know where he is. And Russell Westbrook just went in and uh, uncontested, just goes in and grabs the rebound. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you but that's everybody. Nobody knows where he is because you're not guarding him. He's not being guarded. It's a lot easier for a guy like that to say, I'm just going to run straight to the to the basket and try to grab a rebound. I don't got to worry about anybody because nobody's going to be putting in front of me. I could go around somebody. I could go I could go through somebody. But that's why he grabs all those. Up. Man's the same way. Nobody guards man, so he gets a good amount of offensive rebounds. The hard thing to figure out about the Clippers is, okay, is it repeatable for Russell Westbrook? Probably not. I mean, is he going to shoot better? Yeah, I'll probably shoot a little bit better, but but he's the X-factor for a reason. The problem with the Clippers is their roster is just loaded with so many X-factors. Like, guys, you're just not quite sure, is, is tonight Norman Powell's night? Because it could be. 
right? Is tonight uh, Zubats' night? Because it could be. Bones you know, Highlands. They, they've got so many guys like that Terrence is tonight. Terrence, like last night, it was Eric Gordon's night. And really, Eric Gordon he had what? 19 points, 12 were in the first quarter. He took a lot of pressure off of Kawhi early, and he hit that big three late. But their whole team, they're so deep, and they've got so many guys who could contribute. You're not quite sure on any given night which one will. Last night it was Westbrook. He was great defensively, and it was Eric Gordon to a certain extent. Tomorrow night, it could be Norman Powell. That was the Suns two years ago. It was. It was. That was the Suns two years ago. You kind of know what you're going to get in book, but, you know, um, and, and when Paul was good, but there were other guys, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, well, Jay Crowder. There was a bunch of guys that could hurt you on any given day. Could, Land, Cameron Payne against the Lakers. I couldn't even remember who made the observation, but somebody pointed out that the game Westbrook had last night was very Jay Crowder-ish. Was very huh. Mikel Bridges ish, right? Like not that bad. I, I Three for nineteen. No, but but I mean in terms of the rebounding, the defense, the glue guy stuff. You know the, the intangible, the, the, the intangible the little things that you need to have done to win a playoff yeah. game. That's the stuff that Jay and Mikel were so good at. They were right. so good at shot. It. The shot making's got to get better for Phoenix. Like it was a lot of these games. Donovan Mitchell. Look at a lot of the game. Darren Fox, Malik Monk. Shot making was incredible in a lot of these playoff games. This Suns didn't have a great shot maker in their first game. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce. Your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. Devin Booker was fantastic in one area of his game, but he was far from perfect last night in game one. We'll talk about D-Book next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Batum goes inside. Pass stolen by Booker. He was grabbed. Don't call. They get it down to Curry. Wham, bam, slam. We're tied at 68. Hmm. Devin Booker, say what you will about the loss and being down 1-0. One thing that was real clear watching yesterday's game, that was one of the best defensive performances I have ever seen Devin Booker play in my life. He yeah, I would second that. Great. I would second that. Yeah, he's not known as a great defensive player. But he was like they were playing hard. Chris Paul was playing hard. He didn't play well, but he played hard. Devin Booker was playing hard. Like they were playing hard. They know what's at stake here. They got 16 wins to get to that elusive championship. And so those guys went out there. Now some guys didn't play well and there was some definitely some issues with the best, especially with the bench and uh, KD only getting one shot in six minutes and Chris Paul missing the easiest shots that you know that he's known for and DeAndre Ayton not being aggressive at all and getting no offensive rebounds. Like there's a lot of issues, but one of them is not Devin Booker's defense. Devin Booker's defense was really good in that game. He was phenomenal defensively. His offense was was, was good. It was good. It was good. I, it was I good. I wouldn't say it was a, gr- a classic great no. Devin Booker game no, offensively. I, you know. To me, like we we went through all our notes and everything, and I you know I got the Booker kind of like last um, because like there were so many other issues. Like there was, you know, I listed a lot of the issues. You know, KD not getting the ball, and then Chris Paul, and then DeAndre Ayton, and the bench, and Monty. You know, Chris Paul wasn't a problem for for, for the Suns at all. He wasn't special. Ten and nineteen from the field. He was 
actually better defensively with the four steals and the three blocks. They do need his offense to be better and more efficient. So they do need that. And I wasn't happy when he was yelling at the referee and Russell Westbrook threw the ball off of him because if he was aware that the ball wasn't out of bounds, maybe he could have avoided it or maybe he could have moved his body to the side and could have stayed. Like So many things may have happened. Now, maybe it still goes off of him and out of bounds. We'll never really know. Mm-hmm. But four steals, three block shots. He was tremendous defensively, really getting after it. And I give him credit, too, because in the first quarter, he had two fouls. Two fouls. It was like, okay, can't pick up that third one, especially in the second quarter. Did a real good job not picking up that 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 third foul. To defend for a while. as hard as he did and to not pick up a foul. I was Because you're right, he had those two early, and I thought, uh-oh, this is going to be an issue. He finished the game with three personal fouls. And he, they went at him a little uh, bit. Remember second quarter? Yeah, I go, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one time I thought it was his third, and they called it on somebody else. Yep. Because they called it on Aiton, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, me and you both looking like, oh no, is that the third one on book? And it wasn't. Yeah, no, but it, 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 look, offensively, he was fine. He was solid. It, it just wasn't that special Devin Booker game. I mean, it was, it was, he's going to have one. Of course, he's going to have a bunch of them, we hope and we think. But it wasn't, it wasn't that last night. The special part of his game last night was what he did defensively. It was, I, I like, he's, serviceable defensively. I don't make it sound like he's a bad defensive player, but it's obviously not the strength of his game. Last night, it was the strength of his game. I I couldn't believe how good he was and how intentional he was with being good defensively. I will agree, and I don't know what difference it would have made, but upon rewatching parts of the game this morning when I woke up, that block by Russell Westbrook at the end, Devin Booker, he gets a shot blocked, he turns to address the referee about it. And while he's doing that, Westbrook has the hustle play where he's diving out of bounds and he throws the ball off a book. It's And that's the... I just can't do it. It just drives me nuts. Can't do it. It really does. He always has to yell at the officials. And that play wasn't over. Wait till the play's over. Listen, again, I don't know if he could have avoided the basketball. Maybe he could have. Maybe he could have seen what Russell West, if he would have been paying attention... Maybe he would have seen a Russell Westbrook was going to try to throw the ball off it. Maybe he could have done a split or he could have turned to the side or maybe he could have played dodgeball and caught the ball or you just don't know what would have happened. Um, but instead, like he immediately, while the, you know, while he's getting fouled and was, he wasn't fouled and he actually, the NBA, their two minute review, the not last a foul. Two minute reports at the end. Not a foul. That was not a foul by Russell Westbrook. That was a clean play. and But Book, Booker's going to argue. So he, on a clean play that even the NBA looked at and said, no, that's a clean play. He's yelling at the referee while Russell, Russell Westbrook's like, this is easy. I'll just throw the ball off of him. Yep. And it's our ball. So, I mean, that's the stuff with Booker that, listen, everybody loves Booker and there's no reason not to. But the annoying things is, God, the amount of times he just has to yell at the referees. And Chris Paul's always yelling at the referees. And, you know, you wonder why sometimes you don't get calls, man. You're always yelling yelling at the referees. I was listening to Wolf and Luke when I was driving in, and Luke made the good point about Kevin Durant and the foul trouble that he got into a little early. He picked up a couple in the first quarter. Kevin Durant never, hardly ever freaks out when there's a call against him, right? Or hardly. Now, he goes to the line 10 times. He gets fouled his fair share. Not a lot, but he did last night. But Kevin Durant, he's never one to complain about calls, at least not as much as Booker, not as much as Paul. I don't know if Devin Booker could have done a damn thing with that basketball because it was bang, bang. But I would have liked to have seen what could have happened if he was still engaged in the moment in the present, watching what was happening and not so worried about it. And like you said, if you want to complain about the officiating, at least wait till the play's 
done. Over. Completely that over. That play was not over. It was not over. You know? Big play he's, in the game, too. His, his head is to the left as the ball goes off of him. Right. He's you know? looking at the referee, yelling at the referee. Yeah. And there's always 10 times a game he's yelling at the referees. And, man, if he could clean that up a little bit. I mean, he doesn't get the superstar treatment that Kevin Durant does. But still, the Phoenix Suns went to the free throw line more than the Clippers did that last night. not an issue last night. That not an not, issue. It was not an issue at all last they night. They went to the free throw line more than the Clippers nope. did. You no, can't fe- complain about that. Officiating was not the problem last night as all uh, at all, I should say. Uh, Monty, after the game on Devin Booker's defense. I think he's just competitive and aggressive no matter what the situation is. But I, I thought he took the challenge uh, tonight against Kawhi. Kawhi hit some tough shots. Um, but Book is, you know, I've said it since I've been here, he's a better defender than people give him credit for. Yeah, and he played very well, I thought, defensively last night. I'll tell you, the other thing I did, and it wasn't Devin Booker's fault, but the other thing I didn't like a bit for having a Devin Booker conversation, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, was that lineup he was out there with at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Oh, it was just, it was hard to watch. Well, that's when they had the nine-point lead, right? They had the nine-point, they got the lead up to nine. It was down the, the, the whole third. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they Clippers came. on like an 11-2 run, and it was Devin Booker and a bunch of defensive guys off the bench, and it just I didn't make any sense to me no, at all. No, no. You're looking at the second quarter? The end of the third. The end of the, the third. The end of the third. Suns were up nine, 77-68, and then I believe the Clippers went on like an 11-2 run. It was an 11-2 run at the end. Yeah, it was 77-68, Clippers went on an 11-2 run. Um, so a nine-point lead got wiped out, and it was a tie score. And the only basket they had in that stretch there was um, KD. No, no, it wasn't. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. But they only had the one basket because they got outscored 11 they, to 2. They might have put KD back on the floor in the last minute. They did they, put him back they, on they, with 106 just, for a coach. Yeah, for 106 because they, 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 they knew they were going to give like a two for one and they wanted Durant out there. But for the most part, for the last three, four minutes, it was Booker and it was Ish and Landry, it was Landry and it was Kogi and it was Landale because Aiton was in the foul trouble. And we saw that at the end of the first quarter with Biombo out there. And it was just, you look at that lineup going, where's, the, and that you talk about adjustment. Adjustments and counter adjustments. Yeah, more Terrence Ross, more T.J. Warren. Maybe a little bit more scoring in that second. T.J. Warren didn't play at all. Terrence Ross barely played. Yep, barely played. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a little bit more of that in Game Two. But it's how many to give him a little bit more punch when Booker's out there with the bench. It was almost like I felt with Terrence. It's almost like we promised you a certain amount of minutes in the regular season. Okay, we're going to give you all these minutes, and in the playoffs, we don't have to. We don't, well, the promise is gone now. We don't have to play you. Yeah, they didn't play him, but he is a he is a guy that should play because he could space the floor. Well, if they're going to have, if they're going to put two guys on. Kevin Durant and one on Book and then give help if Book the ball swings around to Book. You got to space the floor. You got to space it because you're going to have an open shooter somewhere. Ross can knock down open shots. Yeah, a veteran in this league. That's why I was surprised by those lineups. There wasn't really one offensive-minded reserve out there with him. I guess Landry a little bit, but he, he not. Re- you know what I mean? Like there wasn't yeah. there wasn't a score out there with Book. It was a bunch of defensive guys, and that's kind of the problem sometimes with this bench after the trade. It's either offensive guys or it's defensive guys, and there's very few that can do both when they're out there. Yeah, and Landry, uh, Jack Landell, Jacques Landell had come in for Torrey because Torrey had picked up that fourth foul. So that's why Book was playing with all those guys, too, because Torrey had to come out of the game. When we come back, there was a conversation that was brought up again last night. Were the Clippers correct in wanting the Phoenix Suns in the first round? Is that actually what happened? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now, we went, uh, I say we, Eric went open-ended on the Twitter poll question of the day today. Not so much a poll, just a kickback and let's react to what we all collectively saw last night. It wasn't good. Let's update our Twitter poll question today here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Ruth, what you got for us? This might be an oxymoron, but we can call it social media therapy. Just letting everybody get it out in the comments. Share your feelings. Get it out of your system right now. Tell us what's on your mind. Right? So I'll ask you guys first before I read a couple of my favorite responses from at Burns and Gambo. But how did you guys feel and how concerned are you following the Suns loss to the Clippers in game one? I, I, I'm really going to follow Burnsy's theme here because it came from a listener, right? Disappointed, but it's, I'm not like, the Suns are going to win this series. The Clippers are an isolation team. It's just one isolation Kawhi. One, like, I don't think they can win like that. Without Paul George, I don't think that they can win. Am I surprised the Clippers won yesterday? Yeah, the, both teams had been off a week. There's probably a little rust. The Suns needed to get that game out of the way. I think the Suns will win this. I don't even think it goes seven. I thought it was going to go five. Five or six now. But yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed because the Suns did not play very well. Disappointed, but not overly concerned. Check in with me again in about 28 hours, and I'll let you know whether I'm concerned 28 Lots hours Lots of the comments right saying Game 2 is really where that's yeah, going to be made. Yeah, Chad is saying he's as concerned as drinking milk one day past its expiration date. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. I'll always go one day after the expiration date. Just live on the edge just, a little bit? Just one day. I don't know if I'll go more than two days. If it's one do day. Sniff test. Do the, did you know the water expires? It's the plastic water. around the water. It's not the like, water We have itself. like all these jugs of water like in a house and just like they expire. You should look. I'm like, the water doesn't expire. The, 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 That's water. The, How can it expire? The plastic like leaks into the water. If yeah. You so I looked at all the, all, all, the, all the water bottles I bought during the pandemic when you could get like a couple, ga- you would buy them. So I got a, So I look at them and she's right. Like they all expired. I'm like, does that mean you can't drink it? <laughs> I would assume so. Yeah. Does that mean you can't drink the water? It's you can a, try. It's like that progressive commercial. Expired. Expired. Oh my expired. God. <laughs> my wife, I love her. She'll kill me if I said she's terrible at that. Like, ever, like once a year, I'll go through everything. I'm like, honey, this is from 2015. <laughs> like, like, uh, honey, so like that's you. Expired. I, I, expired. I'm, the, I'm the one that goes through all the cabinets and finds everything that's way in the back. Like this was this expired three years ago. Uh, that's funny. All yes. right. So I like that. What, what else you got for us? Uh, Blake says he's very. Very concerned about Monty's rotation management, as a lot of people in the comments are. But he thinks they're just that much better in the long run. It's not going to matter against the Clippers. And uh, Will says he's moderately concerned. They played poorly, but pulled it back in the fourth. Only lost by five. But for the love of all things holy, dot, 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 all caps, box out. <laughs> for the love of all for things. For the love of God. For the love you of God. You got to know where the guy box is to out. box out. The problem is, as I've said before, nobody guards Russell Westbrook. So when the ball goes up, nobody knows where he is. Yeah. Nobody knows where he is. It's like yeah. a thief in the night. The rebounding issues last night. 11 extra shots. 15 offensive rebounds. DeAndre Ayton didn't get one offense. Every starter got one but him. Yes. Alex Len had more one. offensive rebounds for Sacramento. 
Sacramento than DeAndre I, I Ayton did. Stop for, saying that. That just keeps irritating me. That Alex Len had more offensive, more offensive rebounds. offensive in like twelve minutes. DeAndre Ayton. Jacques Landell had more offensive rebounds. Yeah, he than played like a third of the minutes. DeAndre a of the minutes. Um, and then there was this, and I, I wasn't made aware about this until after the game. Okay, um, the TNT crew. Yes, kind of a little bit of an argument last night. They did. It's like watching your parents and fight. Chuck was so wrong on this, and Ernie was so right. Go ahead. Well, okay. And first of all, let's just say it right there. It's usually not Ernie arguing with anybody. Usually, right. Ernie's just kind of navigating the fight between Shaq and Chuck. Right. This was Chuck and Ernie getting at it on the NBA on TNT last night about the Clippers deciding to win so that they could get the Suns in the first round. The thing that scared me, they won the game to play the Suns. Because the Suns, they so going into that... Yeah, they, but they don't... They, the, the Clippers didn't want to fall into the play-in. Well, the play-in was easier. If you... If, if you if, hold, Ernie, no, Ernie, Ernie, I'm telling you, Ernie, Ernie. had this discussion, don't, and, and you were no, wrong then. There's no coach in the let me NBA tell you who would want yeah. his team to play in the play-in yeah. Rather than, first of all, avoid that. You're just wrong because <laughs> oh. you, if you actually look at it now, you says, "Damn, the Lakers." That was the easiest path to the conference finals, and you're gonna see because they're gonna be in the conference finals. I'm laughing. Ernie's right. Uh, Barkley's wrong. I agree. Oh, I agree. Ernie's right. Nobody wants to play in the play. You'd rather you'd rather take your chances in a seven game series with the Suns than take the chance of being eliminated in a play in tournament. And not only that, you don't get any rest. You don't get any rest. You got to go play. And if you lose, you got to play again. So, is the path easier? Probably, probably easier path. Yeah, you know. But I don't think. But is it I, worth I think, the risk of falling into the play-in tournament and having your season be done in two games and not getting the extra rest? I tend to think that it's not. Like, How many times did we talk about that leading up to the play-in tournament? You really have to thread the needle if you're a team right. trying to not play the Suns but not fall into the play-in Golden tournament. Golden State and, threaded the needle. They got the, the, the coveted sixth spot. What happened in game one? Yeah, they lost. They Sacramento. lost. Sacramento beat them. And what did the Warriors do? They won. They played hard in every single regular season mm-hmm. game. They, they weren't trying to skirt anybody. They weren't trying to go around nope. anybody. They just they, they played, they won, and let the chips fell where they may, right? Yes. Um, no, I'm just laughing because to hear, like, Ernie Johnson I consider honestly to be like a professional moderator of mine. Like, oh. he's, he's so good at what he does. Like, yes. I want to be that good at what he does because he's just, he's like, you were talking about drivers. I want you to be that good at what he I, does. I appreciate that. No, I'm trying. No, really, I am trying. We talk about drivers at the radio station. Yeah, yeah. Ernie Johnson is the best driver ever. Like, in any broadcast show like that, nobody has ever driven, like, because he's got these he's three great. gigantic egos and he's got to manage them all and juggle them and he does mm. such a good job. You've only got one. To hear... <laughs> <laughs> it makes it easier for you Mitch. If I, if I had two you only got Mitch's ego. Oh, whatever. That's it. Uh-huh. The only ego you got to deal with is Mitch. Can you imagine if I had three Gambos in here? God, maybe I would be as good as Ernie Johnson. If I had three. Mm-hmm. Three of me, and that would make you better? Well, it's, it would be sharper, right? Because I'd have to mm-hmm. be like Ernie. To hear Ernie get rattled and flustered. Even Kenny afterwards, like, Kenny's sitting back like, Shaq's laughing, Kenny's laughing, and they're laughing because they never hear Ernie get upset. Because they never hear Ernie argue with anybody. Because Ernie's not going to argue unless he knows he's 100% right. He's not going to challenge those guys on most basketball things. But to sit there and bargain, yep, they play, they beat the Suns because they wanted to play him. No, they really didn't. They just that they didn't know there was another game going on. They didn't know the outcome of that game. So they, they didn't want to be in the play-in tournament. Yeah, had they known, 
that the Pelicans they would have sat everybody. They would have sat everybody in the last five minutes of the game right. trying to get the sixth seed. Let the Warriors play right. the Suns in the first round. They would have done it if they knew they weren't going to fall to the seventh seed. It's just funny because it's the best show on TV. Ernie Johnson does an amazing job, and Charles just got to him last night. It was so funny to watch, and it was so funny to watch Kenny's reaction to it. it Barkley's really that guy, right? I mean, you get an argument with him, and he's like, you know, if he thinks the earth is flat, he will be, he will be adamant that the earth is flat. Yes. Like, he will. Mm-hmm. He'll go all Kyrie Irving on you. Like, he really will. Like, he, like, and he'll be like, and he'll almost can try to convince you that the earth is flat because he's so adamant that he's right. Well, it's just like he did in that sound bite. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm not wrong, but okay, Chuck, whatever. No, it's your opinion, my opinion. It's right. whatever you think. Uh, this just in from the Phoenix Suns campaign is now listed as questionable for game two tomorrow against the Clippers. Okay. They not probable, but questionable. 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 They could use him. No, they could use him because like Chris Paul's slow. They don't pull, they don't push the pace at all. At least with Cameron Payne, if he comes in and plays twelve minutes, that's twelve minutes of playing at a faster pace. That doesn't allow the Clippers to get into the, the defensive rotations. Now, for what it's worth, he was listed as questionable for Game One. He didn't play. Right, so same rep. So okay, maybe, so same thing. maybe there's no change in his status. We'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, let me remind you first. Next hour, we are qualifying somebody who. Who could win tickets to Game 2 of Suns Clippers tomorrow night. So listen for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Your chance to call in and qualify now when we come back. The Suns were everything but clutch in the time that you need to be clutch. Reliving the last five minutes of that game next on the Burns and Gambo Show.